Hi, everyone. This is our 25th episode of season two. So it's time for us to take our break. So I just wanted to come in before we share for today and just let you know a few things to help you in the interim while I am away. I'm going to air, basically play for three weeks, the top three shows from this season. One each week. There will be a few trailers coming along. I hope that you will subscribe to my channel, Dr. Annette West Speaks Podcast. During our break, we'll be working on some fresh perspective for you. Hopefully, we'll have more interviews as we come into the upcoming season with a little more excitement and flavor. A few more discussions, family discussions, things that can benefit us. But I just wanted you to know, I am going to take a little break, but I want you to stay connected to the podcast while I'm gone. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe to your favorite platform, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. There are so many different platforms, but I want you to jump in. I need you to support this show. We want to build momentum. We want to gain um, more people into the show because I believe that my voice is one that has much to share. And if you can help me with this effort, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned for some exciting things, especially my trailer that will come out in the next week. Thanks for tuning in. And listen, the podcast will start shortly. Welcome to Season 2 with Dr. Annette West. This show is coming to you from a holistic and faith-based view, sharing varied topics, occasional interviews, and discussions. The purpose of this show is to help us to build up our mind, our body, and our spirit. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Sax Love for allowing this show use of his jazz instrumental, Funk Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. Do what only your hands are required to do. Oftentimes, we can become fatigued, frustrated, perplexed when we take on more than we are required to take on. We pile on the work of others atop the many other things that we have going on in our lives. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 tells us that the Lord has assigned to each of us his task. 
When we walk in the will of the Lord and we seek his will, he will show us his will for our lives. When we know the will and we learn the will for our lives, we can find liberating happiness doing what we know that God has assigned to our hands to do. If you try to take on the load of others, eventually you will become frustrated even in your well-doing. You may become weary in your well-doing. We need to tell people, be willing to say to people, I love you. I understand you have that going on, but I'm not able to assist at this time. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say later. This helps us to do what we are required to do first. We will do what we are assigned to do before trying to do what other people are assigned to do. In the Old Testament, in the case of Israel, let's take a quick look at what happened in the wilderness when Moses grew overwhelmed with his workload. In Exodus 18, Moses was doing everything. He was trying to address the needs of everyone, sitting, listening, talking, no time for himself. But he had a visit from his father-in-law and former employer Jethro, who was a very prominent and astute businessman. Jethro watched and he observed Moses and he evaluated what Moses' leadership strengths were and his weaknesses. It says that every day Moses took his seat at, as judge among the people and long lines of unhappy souls cued him from morning until evening. They came to him one by one for his decisions regarding various issues. Jethro, of course, was exhausted just watching it. And after a while, as a wise leader that he was, he pulled Moses aside and offered some advice as relevant then as it is today. Exodus 18, 17 through 18 says, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So just imagine God speaking those words to you. Personally and presently. Imagine the Lord saying to you, you are an administrator. You are a teacher. You are a pastor. You are a volunteer. You're a parent. You're an executive of your company. You may even be a student. You're working your hardest. You're putting forward all of your energy, trying your best. But what you are doing is not good for you. What you are doing will lead to unhealthy outcomes. You will definitely wear yourself out and others. Why? Because the load that you are trying to care, carry, the work that you are trying to do, you cannot do it all by yourself. You can't handle it alone. And some of it's not even assigned to you. It's not even your tasking. So once you know this, once you hear this, what can you do about it? Let's look back at Jethro. He advised Moses to select some qualified people 
Get them organized, develop a system, get them organized, give them the necessary training, and then assign the work to do to you, to them. And then only the most difficult cases should come to Moses. In Exodus 18, 22 through 23, it says, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you, Jethro said. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. This is business principles that God designed. These are leadership principles that God designed. Some people will say, well, they started in the military. No, it started right here in the Bible. The examples that everybody is using are pulled right here from the Bible. There is even a leadership, John Maxwell, I believe it is, has a leadership Bible that covers so many areas. We would all be wise to get a copy of that Bible and process through it. So it doesn't matter what position you hold. Just know you can't take on everybody else's work. And I believe this was the best business and management advice ever offered. Verse 24 says, the report, the response was positive. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything as he said. This established the judicial system for ancient Israel. And it also transferred much of Moses' authority to others and with it, his responsibilities. He learned to, to do only what he could do because God had prepared others to do what he could not and should not do. We don't want to be micromanagers. We don't want to feel like we've got to have our hands on everything. We shouldn't feel like if we don't do it, it won't get done. We should learn how to train people in the ways of our business and our efforts. And then we need to trust that they are going to follow through. Because if we try to do it all, we are going to burn ourselves out. Now that was an example in the Old Testament. So let's look in the New Testament to find a parallel. And we find it in the book of Acts, the sixth chapter when the first disagreement broke out in the early church. <clears throat> the account is that some widows were being neglected in the distribution of benevolence. The apostles were the leaders, but they could not single-handedly care, take care of everyone's needs. So Peter stepped in and convened a church meeting. And in Acts, the sixth chapter, two through four, this is what Peter said. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. They, they did exactly what Moses had done in Exodus, the 18th chapter. We can look at this and say, wise strategic decision-making. The growth of the church would have been bottlenecked 
and hamstrung if it had not been for strategic decision-making. When the apostles, like Moses, learned to do what they could do, Acts 6 and 7 says this, the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So while the apostles were locked into trying to do everything, it inhibited them from going forward and reaching beyond where they were. But once they had set in place the necessary leadership and informed them and trained them of what needed to be done, then they felt the liberty to go forward. Even Jesus Christ himself, the most pleasantly productive person in our history, lived by this rule. In Acts 10 and 38, the apostle Peter said Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and went around doing good. It doesn't say, listen to this, it does not say that he went around doing everything. Indeed, Jesus often left the scene while the work was seemingly unfinished, some would say. But he knew his purpose in that moment and that there were others who could finish the task. And so sometimes we may need to be the starters and then allow others to come along and get it accomplished. And then we can move forward and begin another work. At the end of Jesus' three years of ministry, only a portion of a tiny nation had been reached because Jesus couldn't do it all. But what he could do, he did it to the best of his ability and he left a, a prominent example, a legacy of how it should be done right. So at the end of his three years, as I said, only a tiny portion had been reached. The world still overflowed with sick people, with lonely people, with dying people. His own region <clears throat> had been untouched by his message. Only spotted places had received his message. But Jesus knew how to work himself out of a job, if you think about it. He was a master delegator. He had taught his disciples well, and he had devoted much of his time to preparing that nucleus of people to take over his work. And through them, his work would continue. His cause would continue. Helping others would continue. Serving others would continue. Loving others would continue. So we can really trace this habit through Matthew's Gospels. In Matthew 4, and this was after Jesus' baptism by John and his temptation in the wilderness, this is when Jesus officially began his ministry. In Matthew 4 and 17, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That was Jesus' core me message. The next was, in verse 19, Come Follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Well, in order to be a fisherman, you have to learn how to fish. The fisherman learns types of fish, how to draw fish in, different areas to be in to get the fish, what is needed to reel a fish in. The fisherman has learned this. 
But the message, the teaching had to be articulated to them. So Jesus was able to articulate his message to his followers. And then he was able to delegate the work needed to spread what he had taught. In Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 1 through 2, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And what followed here was Christ's sermon on the mount. But notice the setting. Jesus looked down and he saw the crowds. So he realized all the people were there. But instead of going down to them, he went up to the mountainside and he trained his disciples. See, sometimes we're looking at numbers and we get overwhelmed with numbers. And so we feel like we have to do something quickly because the numbers are there. Instead of being like Jesus and pulling your nucleus together, because when you see the massive numbers, you can delegate to your core and distrib distribute them into that population to take on so many people to work with. Instead of looking at it and saying, whoa, look at this, I've got to do it all. And so Jesus was able to delegate everything that he did. Jesus called in Matthew 10, opens and says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. He called them. Call those who are under you. And he said to them, you will go forward. So Jesus called them. Jesus delegated authority to them. And then Jesus sent them out with work to do. The assignments to accomplish. This was God's strategy. Jesus was always training others to shoulder the work that he had begun. And are you willing to do that? Or do you feel like it won't get done if you don't do it? Take the time, move yourself back, step back and look at things, reprocess and pull your team together to help you in this effort. And even after Jesus died on the cross, <clears throat> He, uh, he came back and what he did was he commissioned his followers to take his life and love to all of the world. And so the gospel of Matthew ends with Jesus saying in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. So listen, when we go in the power and authority of the Lord, then we have what we need to move forward. So you want to be productive, but you don't want to take on the baggage of everyone. Know your strengths. What are your passions? Build on your assets. Find the way God seems to best use you. Learn everything that you can. Because only what God wants you to do only do what you can do. Only you can be that one. So when you have people under you, working under your direction, train them, trust them with the work. 
Don't delegate and dismiss it. You're still responsible. But be wise. Inspect what's going on. We call it in the training world, evaluate what's going on. The Lord wants us to be healthy and a part of our holistic wellness is having a strong mind, not being overtaxed and overstressed, especially when we don't have to be. And sometimes something that you are assigned may have to become number two, meaning it didn't get finished today, but it'll get finished tomorrow. Having worked in with the government and, and worked in human resources, I can tell you nine times out of 10, when I got a hot project, it was not hot. It was no more important than anything else. And so when, when I had a supervisor, what I would do was I would go to them and I would say, I want to fulfill these needs but I need you to tell me your priorities of what you've sent to me. And I would sit down with that leader and we would talk about it. And then I would say, all of this can't be accomplished today. So if I, if this is Monday and we end on Friday at four, give me realistic timeframes to meet these. I was strong enough to say that, and those that I dealt with were receptive to it. I never left my job feeling guilty that something didn't get accomplished. I trusted that I would had done my best. I did what I could do. I realized that if I were to die before I returned the next day, the work would not stop without me. They just hire somebody else. Nothing much would change. There may be some people who would be saddened that I would be gone, but the work would continue and they would find someone to do it. And so when we realize that we don't have to carry the burdens, the baggage, the work of everyone else, and that we come to the point where we do what only we can do. That we learn how to do what our hands are assigned to. We will, we will flow better. We will, we will process better. And we will learn how to engage others and empower them. That's the word for today. Catch you next time. As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to this podcast on Apple iTunes or your favorite platform, please do so today. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join my mailing list at Dr. Annette West Ministries at gmail.com. Also, purchase a copy of my newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit, on Amazon or at Dr. Annette 
westministries.org webpage. Keep tuning in every week. I guarantee you will be blessed.